0: Advent, a time of waiting, a time of preparation, not knowing what to expect and yet knowing that something is about to happen, something good. Is about to happen. The words advent and adventure have a common derivation. So this should be a season of Christian adventure. In the present age, many of the high and noble visions of the past have become blurred and fuzzy and forgotten. We find it easy to hate, to criticize. To look the other way when someone is hurt or pushed around. We become content to be little people in a little world. Advent gives us a new lease on life. A time to rise above ourselves. To reconnect with God in real ways. It begins inside each of us. As we reach out to the miracle of love, a love too great to comprehend, and it's a time to let that miracle flow through us to others. Advent is a time of choosing a joy that lasts beyond December. And not just a seasonal sugar high of happiness. I want to share a writing of Anne Weems. She's uh, just been so helpful in the life of faith with her poetry. And it's from her piece called In Search of Our Kneeling Places. We don't kneel in our tradition very much. But kneeling puts us before God in a way that humbles us and recognizes that God is above us, that God deserves our worship and our focus because God is the one who has given all gifts in life. She writes, In each heart lies a Bethlehem, an inn where we must ultimately answer whether there is room or not. When we are Bethlehem-bound, we experience our own advent in his, when we are Bethlehem-bound, we can no longer look the other way, conveniently not seeing stars nor hearing angel voices. We can no longer excuse ourselves by busily tending our sheep or our kingdoms. This Advent, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us. In the midst of shopping sprees, let's ponder in our hearts the gift of gifts. Through the tinsel, let's look for the gold of the Christmas star. In the excitement and confusion, in the merry chaos, let's listen for the brush of angels' wings. This Advent, let's go to Bethlehem and find our kneeling place. Friends, this Advent, we can say no to a lot of the noise and clamoring of our culture. We don't have to buy into it all. I know we get caught up in in it. I do. I'm sure you do too. But we we can let go of a lot of the distraction, a lot of the fuss and commercialization of Christmas. And one thing I love about our weekly worship pattern, is that this is an hour where we can let that go. Where we can come into the quiet and peace of this space. A place where we can be at peace with God, with one another, the world, and with ourselves. A place where we can find perspective and get our priorities right some of you may remember the the group the birds to everything there is a season turn 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 there is a reason turn 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 the song lyrics remind us that throughout the earth's history one season turns to the next we are now in the winter season i didn't grow up in southern california i grew up in the midwest where we really had four seasons but it is winter time here and for us as people of faith even more importantly it is the season of advent now, the comparison between old age and winter is older than literature. Winter is the last season of the year and is the end of a cycle. Advent is the beginning of the Christian year. So we have those two juxtaposed. Winter ending the year, everything winding down. Advent is the beginning of the Christian year as we celebrate what is about to come in the birth Of Christ. The days, though, are physically getting shorter. The nights are getting longer. People often withdraw into themselves, into their cozy, heated homes. We have to turn on our heat now. The earth resists all attempts to try to work it, especially in most parts of the country where there is a winter season of cold and snow. Winter is a time of illness, coughs, colds, runny noses. It is a triple whammy for us this year with COVID, the flu, and RSV. Winter is a time of greater idleness, a time when our muscles seem to be a little bit more rigid. Our blood seems a little Thicker and colder, maybe our hearts too. Perhaps some comparisons between old age and winter are appropriate so long as they aren't taken too far. Now, when I planned this sermon series back in the summer, I figured by about now we'd have to be turning on our heat and there would be snow in the Sierras. And I have to tell you, having grown up in the Midwest, as a kid, I loved winter. I don't anymore. <laughs> I've gotten spoiled out here in Southern California. But when I was a kid, I remember loving the snow. The excitement of going out, ice skating, sledding, skiing, all those winter activities. I can remember going out, even as I got older, for walks and the the cold would just wake you up. You couldn't not be awake. Part of our faith calls us to wake up! To hit that brisk air and to be alive. And not just kind of half going through the motions of our Christian faith. That's why wintertime, even in its harshness, reminds us of the need to be awake. And when we look, we can see the beauty of winter. white sparkling snow in the sunlight, the moon shining on snow. There are surprises and joys. Well, let me say a word about our winter, this advent sermon series, as the world turns. Because I mean physically, the world turns, of course and it's on an axis, and it's because of that turning and the distance from the sun and the axis rotation that we get our seasonal changes So as the world turns. But as the world turns, we recognize that into this creation, this this globe that's turning, came a Word that turns. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That in itself is a creation story. Broader and bigger and more mysterious than the physical birth of Jesus which we will celebrate in a few weeks. Advent is this time of preparation for how the world is turning and how things will turn out. Because we don't know completely how things will turn out in this life of ours. And then when you think about the word, think about how you can turn a phrase as the word and the world turn. So today's sermon title is called Snow That Grows. As a skier, I've been up to Mammoth a number of times in my years here now in California. And some winters, the snow there is amazing. It is higher than one can stand, and the piles are 10 to 12 feet high from the snow plows. That is some major snow. And the piles keep growing and growing throughout the winter season in those places. Snow, and places like Mammoth and other places where you've probably visited, or maybe some of you are from colder climates. There is something about the cold that cuts to the bone. There are some things in life that feel cold like snow. You can live in Southern California and not have to deal with snow, but you know there are some things in life That hit you cold as snow. Chilling words. Death. Loss. Here's what Herman Hess said in Steppenwolf How heavy the days are! There is not a fire that can warm me, not a sun to laugh with me, everything base. Everything cold and merciless. And even the beloved, dear stars look desolately down. Now, I know in Luke's Gospel that after the angel has visited Mary and told her she's going to have a baby as a young virgin, that she says, here I am, the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And now a a word from our sponsor. (laughs) <laughs> and she goes on to say, And my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. But how was it really with Mary? What word was she turning over in her mind in those moments, hours, and days following this discovery that she was pregnant. Well, we'll never really know. But I suspect she may have had some ice-cold feelings for a young girl pregnant and not married in the first century. She was fearful of the cold of Joseph's rejection. That may have been something. I, it's a conjecture on my part. I know, but that could have been something turning over in her mind, her thoughts, as she went through the reality of what she had to face. We'll never know. But my guess is she had her moments. But there was another word turning over in Mary, far beyond far beyond her understanding or imagining, snow that grows. Did you catch it in our two Scripture passages that Lara read for us? Psalm 147. He sends out His command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like crumbs who can stand before his cold. He sends his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, and makes grass grow on the hills. And then from our other text from Isaiah. For the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. One thing about snow. You can't see beneath it. You cannot see what's going on underneath snow. We think that everything is cold and dead and barren. But believe me, the soil and and the plants aren't wasting their time. They're not wasting their time. Something in the created order is happening. We just don't see it. We don't get it. But there's something going on. Think about that in your own life. Times when you have felt cold, even frozen over, as though nothing is going on, nothing could possibly be growing in my soul and my spirit. Believe me, something is. Snow that grows. Because... Physically, when it snows and snows and snows, as I said earlier, the piles grow. We've seen it in the recent storms out in the Midwest and the East. You know, record snows they've had. And when snow is coming down, it goes higher and higher because in the frozen form, it's, it's larger than in the liquid form. We get a little liquid here in Southern California. But the snow compile higher and higher. And that's one way of thinking that snow grows, the snow that grows. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Because snow that grows, or gives growth, as God intends, gets smaller and smaller, because that's what's required for snow to have a growing purpose. It has to melt. And when the snow melts, it gets smaller and smaller. But then, it has the capacity to do what it came to do, and that is to nourish the earth and give growth. That's snow that grows. Now think about that in your spiritual life too. Well, so it is with God's Word. God's Word can seem to pile up and seem intimidating. We, we look at the Bible and we think, oh, I, I don't understand the Bible. Oh, what do I, there's so much there. But when we allow that Word to, to seep into us and not seem so overwhelming and so piled up, but to seep into us. What we need will get through. What we need will get to the roots of our own potential for growth. God won't do it all, and we just sit there and nothing happens. We have to be participants in the growth process. When that image of God's word coming into us like water, it can nurture us for incredible growth. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Friends, that's for your growth. That's what the word came and comes and will come for. Is for your growth. Now that's snow that grows. So as we gather here, early in Advent, waiting and anticipating the real meaning of this season, let's imagine the Word. The Word that was turning over in Mary's world. A Word beyond all comprehension. A Word so full and complete, it had to be God. Oh, and I do have one final question. What's the word that's turning over in you? What's the word that's turning over in you this morning? For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Imagine that. The trees are cheering us on. As is all God's creation. Because God wants our growth. God wants our goodness. God wants us to be in love with the world, with each other, with ourselves, and with God. Love is the Word. May it be so for each and every one of you today and throughout this Advent season. Amen. Let us turn in our programs and share together in our affirmation of faith. We believe in God, who both provides and protects, who in a moment of love inspired our creation. We struggle to know the mystery of God's purpose in sending Jesus Christ to show us that despite the cruelties and hypocrisies we are capable of, God's love for us will overcome any conceivable physical and mental pain. Except for those moments of painful doubt or anger, we believe in God, in Jesus Christ, the rights of others to accept or reject God, the freedom of the individual, and the enduring nature of unselfish love.